Welcome back, guys. It's Anne Marie and Dr. Jamie. We yes. are still alive. We haven't abandoned you guys. We just, it's just hard to keep a schedule, but we're here. We love getting your feedback, and we're so excited that you guys loved our how to lose this damn last five pounds. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised that um, how many people messaged me about that episode. And I think we hit a chord with people, which is, you know, that it's not easy. Like you, even if you just have five pounds, it's not always easy to lose those last five. And then, you know, you go back and forth between like, why? And is it even worth it? And, but um, I definitely got more questions on that podcast than most of our previous ones. Yeah, no, I think like immune was a big one. And definitely this, like, you know, you get to like the last stretch and you're like, damn it. Like, what do I, what do I do? You know? And you know, it's interesting, something I thought about and I don't, I don't recall if we've like gone into details or not, but one of the things I always think about when I hear people, so many people talk about calories and your metabolism, right? And I always think to myself, like, am I having enough calories? Am I not having enough calories? Because one of the things I always thought was like, there's such a thing as under eating where your body like and you correct me i remember this is how we do this i feel like sometimes <laughs> if you if you don't eat enough sometimes your body will like actually start storing food and that's how i see it in my head and then hold on to all of this thinking that you're starving it right so instead of like you thinking you're eating little and you're gonna lose it, it like works against you right so absolutely and obviously because it affects your metabolism, right? Yeah. So let's um, let's break into two categories. Let's talk about metabolism and uh, calories together, but separately. Okay. And because this, I can geek out on this all day, you need to just jump in and interrupt me whenever I'm going off on a tangent. But we're going to start with metabolism because really what your metabolism is, is the engine at which your body burns its food for energy, right? So like broken down into its most uh, simplistic form, metabolism is how efficiently, quickly, and energetically your body turns food into the way that we can use it. So people are always like, oh my gosh, I have a slow metabolism. Oh, it must be my metabolism why I'm not losing weight. And you know, the truth of the matter is it's most of the time not metabolic problems. It's most of the time not your metabolism. It's the things that can can affect the metabolism, but it's not actually that you have a slow or a fast. You, you sometimes meet these like individuals who have, who are insanely, insanely thin um, and they eat a massive amount of calories and foods all day long. That person has a very high metabolism or metabolic burn, but it's not the same on the flip side. It's not like you meet somebody who's obese or morbidly obese and they eat very little and their metabolism is slow. More often than not on that end of the pendulum, it has to do with hormones, it has to do with uh, other factors that affect weight, it has to do with a lot of things, genetics. So to break it down, metabolism is how fast your body uses the energy, the food that you eat for energy. There's three factors in metabolism. I don't care what anybody says, it's not about hormones, it's, not, it's three main factors that stim that uh, regulate metabolism. One is called your basal metabolic rate. That's your body's caloric burn based on your daily, like at rest, how much you burn in a day. The second is what we call thermogenesis of food. That's how much the food is required, how much energy the food requires to be broken down. 
And the third is your activity level, how much you're going to actually use in activity to need for your body. So when people start to confuse calories and foods and metabolism, like it's a, it's a big media push to sort of say like, take this pill, speed up your metabolism. That is right there, red flag. There's no pill that improves your metabolism. It has to do with your muscle mass, your activity level, your gender, because men have more muscle, and then how much your body is going to turn that food into energy. Does that make sense? Yeah, wow. <laughs> yes, it definitely 100% makes sense. You know, the way I looked at it from like my perspective, it's like you, like if you want to stay in shape, you do not eat more calories than you burn. That's the way I look at it, right? So like, if I'm a super active person, like I exercise multiple times a day, I go for runs, I go for walks, then I'll play tennis, then I'll do that. I feel like sometimes those kind of people, like it really doesn't matter because they're burning more than they're eating, right? Yeah. So, but that's, those are very rare cases. So for, for normal people like me that works out once a day and then, you know, concentrates on the meals the rest of the time <laughs> then I guess those are the ones I think listening saying like okay how do I figure it out my intake in calories how do I figure out what metab my metabolism is like and what is it like what is it not like so I can like find that perfect balance right so when people think about if we fast forward to calories for a second a calorie is literally the energy of a food, right? So if it's one kilocalorie of energy versus two kilocalories of energy, right? So of course they make a difference with metabolism because the metabolism is how much you'll burn of that energy and the energy is in the nutrition world, the calorie. But the problem with calorie counting is not all calories are created equal. So if I said, Amory, you should have 1500 calories a day and you decide to have 1500 calories from bagels, Twinkies and jelly sandwiches, well, you're going to store more fat than if you had 1500 calories from broccoli, cauliflower, salmon, and avocado, because of the thermogenesis of effect of the food and how much energy is required to break it down and how we store it and the type of food and the way that it's stored is very different. So part of my issue, and I had this so interesting, I had a client yesterday, we've been for a long time working on adjusting her diet to a more balanced place and she took it upon herself in quarantine to like try calorie counting instead we got on the phone yesterday after like five months she's like oh I, you know my weight is exactly where it was so i didn't gain any weight in quarantine and i'm only following calories and so we start talking about what she's eating and now all of a sudden when she wasn't, these are not foods that she was eating before. Now she's having ice cream at night because it fits into her calorie count. She's having chocolate in the afternoon and she's having, oh, she's also having sometimes a bagel or a bread sandwich. And she's like, I'm eating all these foods I wasn't eating before and they fit in my calories. <laughs> and right away I'm like, uh oh, because I knew, I knew what was following. And then the second part of the conversation, she's like, I just, but you know, the odd thing is I can't understand why like I'm so achy and my joints are hurting. And I'm breaking out and I'm like, when I, you know, I said to her, I'm like, you may have maintained your weight and you feel good about being able to put some of these foods in, but the problem is the quality of the calories shifted and now your diet is so high in sugar. So I think my biggest gripe when people are like, well, what about calories? Yes. At the end of the day, calories in, calories out is the equation that matters. That is true. But that's only one part of the the bigger picture, which is the quality of those calories to me is way more important. 
Yeah, I mean, I've always said that. I mean, we always go back to our balanced diet. Like, just because you're counting the calories and just looking at a number, it doesn't mean you start eating crappy processed foods. Like, we always want to go back to your greens, your good proteins, and all of that stuff that's good for your body, that's going to make you feel good. You know, one of the questions I had, which is, I've always thought about this. So let's say I'm going to eat 1,200 calories a day. I just threw a number out there. I don't know if this is the right number or not for me. So can I... Is there such a thing as like, I have one meal that has 600 calories and then I split the rest of them throughout the day? Or is that a bad thing? A lot of people do that. And and I'm going to sort of hit it back with like anything. You can do anything you want. I don't know that uh, it's the best or the worst. Like if someone has a 600 calorie meal and then they sort of have a 300 calorie snack for breakfast and lunch because that's what fits their lifestyle. Well, that's just one way to look at it. it. It would depend on then, are they hungry? Are they are they busy? Are they distracted? Are they preoccupied? So if you're counting calories, you can technically do it any way you want. And one of the problems that I see is people who count calories, they'll get to like, you know, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. And they'll be like, oh, I still have 300 left. Yes, I'm I was gonna just going to go there. Yes, of course. Then the munchies starts to get yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, but are you hungry? Or are you just like sort of knowing that you have more left in the bank? So you may as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of, I have a lot of issues with calorie counting only because if it's not, if you're not doing calorie counting with the, with the mentality of, I still need to be very aware of the quality of the food. It's too easy to eat like crap. And here's another example. That's not even crap. Like most popular and successful diet plan in the world to date is Weight Watchers. Of course. And I'm not going to knock them because they've helped millions of people change their behavior with food and lose weight. And to that, like kudos, like fantastic. However, a while back, Weight Watchers changed their plan to this thing that was unlimited points and unlimited points of was for fruits and vegetables. And I had a lot of people that would message me and tell me that they were no longer losing weight because they were having their, you know, their fruits and their vegetables were unlimited. And I would look at their diet and they would have a massive amount of fruit. Well, what do we know about fruit? It's got a lot of sugar. Sugar. It's healthy. It's, it's natural occurring sugar, but it's still sugar. Right. Yeah. And so like, if you want to eat a grapefruit for breakfast and have, you know, raspberries after lunch, like I'm all for it. But I was seeing people who, because fruit was unlimited, it was bowls of fruit, fruit is snacks, fruit all the time, fruit. And that is increased calories, increased sugar. And sure enough, it stopped them from losing weight. And so I think we have to, I just, I guess my message is I'm never going to look away from the quality of the food. I'm just not going to do it because I think ultimately it is the thing that will make those last five pounds come off. Because I could tell you that 500 calories equals one pound. So if you want to lose a pound, you cut 500 calories a day. And then you're technically that's the equation for weight loss in seven days. So 3,500 calories in one pound, you cut out 500 calories a day, seven days of the week, you lose a pound a week. I've done this experiment over and over and people will cut 500 calories out of different types of foods. You will lose a whole different amount of weight. Crappy foods, you lose more weight. If you cut 500 calories of your lean proteins and your veggies, like you don't feel good. Got it. So, okay. So you just touched a great point. Okay. So if we're going to divide the foods into which, um, 
which are better calories. So let's just put them in an order. And of course, our opinion, your opinion, you're the expert. Like we're not telling people <laughs> this is the law, you know, like this is the law. <laughs> so what, what are, I guess my question is that you were saying crappy foods like Twinkies take are harder for our body to break down, right? No, and, they're in a sense, they're easier to absorb as fat. Harder oh, they to are. Break, okay. Harder to break down would be things that have more fibers, right? So like, If we think about thermogenesis of food, the amount of energy needed to break it down, absorb it, and digest it. Well, somebody's going to need more energy to digest almonds and broccoli than they would a Twinkie. So is that good because your body's working harder so it's burning more? Exactly. So if I eat a piece of steak, a piece of filet mignon, right? Yes. My, my body's going to work extra super hard to break that down. It's, it's going to require more energy to break down that food than it would to be a piece of white bread. So when it's requiring more energy, is it burning more fat out of your body? Burning fat um, means when you're at a caloric deficit and okay. you have put more energy out than you actually take in, you have to pull from your savings account. The only way the body can store energy is in the form of fat. So when we burn fat, what we're really talking about is we're pulling from the savings account of the body and the savings account is fat tissue because we don't store proteins as excess. And so we, we want a little bit of fat always because that'll help us burn things. We just don't want excess of it. Yeah, well, you need fat. And I say this to like, talk to a woman who loses all her fat. Maybe she goes on this crazy diet. Maybe she's under so much stress. Like, if a woman loses too much fat, what happens? She loses her period. Her skin gets dry. Her hair falls out. Her sex drive goes down. Like, if you don't have enough fat on your body, it doesn't, it's not good. But I'm talking about very, very, very low. Like, I see these women who get on my scale, my in-body scale, and their body fat percent is seven, eight. They're hurting. They're, they're not getting their periods or their hair is falling out or they're fatigued and exhausted. Like that's not healthy. So when you see somebody that's like super, super skinny and you see all of these signs, they're definitely not having enough fats. And by the way, when we mean fats, we mean like avocado fats, olive oil fats. Like those are the kind of fats you're talking about, even animal fats, right? Because where else would you get that good fat from? Yeah, but I want to... Um edit that in one small aspect. It's not necessarily how the woman looks because you can see very thin women who still have plenty of fat on their body. And you can see much bigger women who don't have nearly enough fat oh, on their body. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So like, especially in the fitness world, I'll see women who have a tremendous amount of muscle, lean muscle. So they don't look super skinny, but we go and try and do their body composition and they don't have enough fat. And you'll also see women who look very thin um, and there may be genetics as a piece of this and why they look so thin. All right. So let's pick back up. We had a little bit of a interruption there for a second, but we're back and you were trying to explain us how you can see a woman at the gym that could maybe not have enough fat versus see a leaner person. To, so that not necessarily means um, what I thought it meant. So anyway, you take it from there. Yeah. So It's, it's just sort of that idea that we don't always want to assume from looks that somebody is too, too skinny or too, or not skinny or too, they weigh too much or whatever. Um, you know, I'm working with so many different types, body types, 
a lot of it depends on their muscle mass and it depends on what they eat. But I want to bring it back for a second because I want to connect the conversation that we're having around calories and metabolism. So metabolism is essentially the energy to break down the calories. Calories is the form of energy. So every calorie is one calorie of energy. The metabolism, the thermogenesis of food is how many calories the body will need to break down. So essentially, if let's say it takes 10 calories to break down a piece of broccoli, but the piece of broccoli is only seven calories, that piece of broccoli actually costs more energy for your body to break it down than you get from actually eating it. That's not exact science because I don't know what the thermogenesis of broccoli is specifically, but the idea is there are some foods and some diet, um, some combinations of foods that when laid out will actually allow your body to utilize it for energy in a much better form. Now, to counter that, what do we do with somebody who has hypoglycemia and they're shaking and we need to get them food very quickly? We give them an isolated glucose because it doesn't take anything to break it down. It's insanely, it's absorbed insanely quickly into the cell. There's no energy taken to break it down. That's a quickly absorbed food. So that would be like a, like a juice or something. Right. Well, yeah. Or the glucose itself, but yes. So when someone eats a piece of bread with jelly, it's going to be broken down and absorbed with less work and more quickly than if someone were to take, someone were to take a piece of celery and dip it in almond butter. So now we're not talking about the body, we're not talking about the person, we're talking about the energy of the food and the energy it takes to break down the food. So those are just parts of the way that our body metabolizes, if you will, food. So when people talk about speeding up their metabolism to help them lose weight, you have to remember that it's not just like, oh, well, maybe I should, you know, uh, eat every two hours and I'll speed up my metabolism. You still have to make sure that you're eating the right foods. Big mistake I see people make in the diet is that they believe if they eat more frequently, they'll keep their metabolism going and then they'll lose weight. And then they wind up eating too many calories and then they, it backfires on them. So if you are somebody who's like, I want to speed up my metabolism, the most active tissue in the entire body after the brain is muscle. So if you want to speed your basal metabolic rate, the amount of calories at rest that you burn, you want to increase your muscle mass. So that's the first thing I tell people. Okay. That's why, you know, three soul cycle classes a day is going to tank your cortisol levels, but it's not going to increase your basal metabolic rate because you're not building muscle. So how do we build a muscle? We lift weights. What do we do? We add, yeah, we add in strength training. It doesn't have to be weights. Like I'm not going to put, you know, a hundred pounds on my back and start squatting it, but you have to do something that's going to build strength. And that for some people might be something as simple as Pilates or, uh, you know, some form of bar. And for other people, it might be lifting weights because it's obviously depends on everybody's fitness level, but you need muscle to increase your basal metabolic rate. The second thing is you need to eat foods that are going to charge your body to use more energy than it is going to store more energy. And that means the quality of the calories matters. So every day, all day, I'll pick putting somebody over more good calories than less bad calories. Of course. Yeah. 
that's just I mean that's just simple you know that doesn't take a lot to figure that out so but it's also why people get into this this really slippery slope and you and I have talked about this a lot and it's an interesting one which is like oh well I'll just lose some weight with a juice cleanse I'll just go on a juice cleanse and lose some weight and people do these that's just temporary the that's just a temporary solution Correct. and your body like the moment you start eating they start that's what I was trying to say at the beginning so like you go on this cleanse for a week and then the day after you start eating you're gonna gain it all back it's like feel like I see this little guy inside your stomach being like, I'm going to grab onto all of this because I don't know when you're going to starve me again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And there's some truth to that, which is if your body is a intuitive machine that burns energy at rest and it realizes over a significant period of time that it's not going to get the energy it needs, what's it going to do? It's going to slow down how much it burns. Of course. Of course. And therefore you lose. Now, this is not talking about like the outliers, which I say all the time. It's like, you know, serious eating disorders. That's not what we're talking about, because obviously people who are severely anorexic lose a lot of weight. But that's that's starvation. That's different for the everyday person who's like, oh, well, I'm just going to eat less. Um, Then you wind up being hungry. Your body's basal metabolic rate actually slows down because you're not eating enough. So now you're hungry, craving, tired and not losing weight. Yeah, ultimately, when you, listen, I've, I've experienced that myself when like I go through periods where I'm like, I'm thinking like, oh, I need to cut this, I need to cut that, you know, like, because we all go through these cycles where like, we think we know what we're doing. <laughs> we are not, especially me, like when I pretend I'm like, okay, I'm not going to eat this and I'm not going to eat that. And I immediately see the difference in my body when I don't have enough foods. Like, I think I've told you this in the past. Sometimes when I start eating like bigger, hardier meals, I lose more weight than when I'm like eating, you know, or or doing juices or whatever, broth, whatever it is. And I always think it's fascinating how I say I feel so much better when I had a a plate of like a piece of uh, beef and some broccoli and some potatoes. And I'm like, wow, I felt so much better the next day. And now the way you explained it, it makes so much more sense. You know, yeah, I mean, it's it's so important for people to remember that, like, listen, it's really easy to go on Instagram and see something that's like cayenne pepper is going to speed up your metabolism (laughs) and burn fat off of you. And like, wouldn't that be nice? But at the end of the day, it's not doing that. And what comes down to is if you're sitting there with these last five pounds to lose, trying to figure out if you should cut 500 calories out of your day because you know that that'll help you lose a pound a week, you have to then think about, okay, but what if I cut out 500 calories from my day, like, what am I cutting out? Am I cutting, am, is my diet already awesome? And it would actually going to hurt me to cut good foods out? Or am I cutting out 500 calories of crap that I don't really need to be eating and replace it with foods that have a, you know, more, a better burn to them, if you will. And this way you're not starving. So, but the bigger piece is, and this is not because I love to exercise, which I do, but it's because I, I see it work every time. If you have five pounds to lose, and your diet is really good, like you've corrected for all of the diet things and your diet looks fantastic and it feels good and there's no stomach issues, like you've done it all, but you have five more pounds to lose, you need to change your exercise. Okay, you need to work on getting more active and burning more that way. Or change it, Yeah, change it, right? Like, so you might be really good at running, maybe you have to take a break from that for these last five pounds do something that sort of shocks your body or changes it and then you can go back to what you know and what you love but change is a big factor in how we get our body to use energy Um, but metabolism and calories they they're not disconnected they go hand in hand 
but neither one of them are the the answer by themselves. No, it's it's like we always go back. It's a combination of everything you're doing together um, to make that perfect recipe. Okay, so I know you're gonna hate this question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway because I know people are gonna want to ask it, and they're gonna be sitting here waiting. Is she gonna ask? How do you figure it out? What's the right amount of calories for you? It's an awesome question, and there's a lot of different ways. The easiest way to do it um, is to use an equation. So you can do something like your height and then your weight and what your goal weight is. So like if I was, um, let's, to... by the way, let's use, I mean, if you want to use me, although I feel like mine is not really fair because I feel like I'm extra tall. And then if you go look at the charts, like I should weigh a lot more than I weigh, but I don't think that would be healthy for me. Right. So that's kind of like where it gets a little confusing. Like I've gone to the doctors and they're like, oh, my God, you're so underweight. We can't insure you. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what do you mean? But I'm healthy. I eat good. Like my my tests are good. Like, why do I have to weigh more? Why does the number have to be so much higher? Right. Well, you are a little bit of an anomaly because you're super tall. So uh, we'll take like a normal person um, in a doctor's office. They're going to look at your BMI, your body mass index, which is literally your height and your weight. And I think it's a terrible way to look at somebody for the exact reason that you just said, which is they're going to tell you that you're underweight because you're tall and you're thin. And they're going to tell somebody like Venus or Serena Williams that they're overweight. And that's just ridiculous because look at how strong and lean they are. Yeah. Right. So a BMI is a bad way to assess somebody's health because it's just looking at height and weight. And that's not fair. Okay. But when you if you go beyond that, if you did something like we could think about like a Harris Benedict equation, and these are a little bit more like geeky science things. It takes into consideration your activity factor. It takes into consideration your height and your weight and all your heart rate, things like that. So I always tell people, you know, like you'll see. 1200 calories would be really low for somebody and 2000 might be really high for them. You want to think about what their height and their weight and their activity factor and their goal weight is, right? So if you weigh 150 pounds and your goal is 140 pounds, but you have eight hours of exercise a week on top of your you know, regular basal metabolic rate, well, then you're going to put all those numbers into an equation and it's going to give you a ballpark of your calories. But it always has to be based off your basal metabolic rate plus your activity factor. Okay. If you're really, really into this, then you are going to use, you wouldn't necessarily use your basal metabolic rate. You would take it a step further and use your resting metabolic rate. And that's an even more accurate way to, to figure this out. Now that testing is not as available as basal metabolic rate, which is just something you can figure out plugging in numbers. The resting metabolic rate you have to have tested, and that's where you, you they use your breath to figure out what you're blowing off in regards to oxygen and carbon dioxide. It's very interesting. Um, maybe I'll do a little post on that soon. I'll show you when I had it done. It's super cool to watch. Amazing, I love that. But, But yeah, so if, if you're listening in on the podcast and you want to figure out how many calories you should think about eating per day, you want to figure out, just Google it, basal metabolic rate, and then make sure you throw in an activity factor there for how much you exercise. And then you're going to adjust whether you want to lose weight or gain weight. That might mean to like drop it by 100 calories or add. And these are easy things to find online or to work with somebody on. They're not super complicated, but um, that's, that's sort of where I would start with somebody. Okay, cool. That's great. So just, we can definitely go into the Google for that one <laughs> and get some yeah, sort of it. Yeah. I'm going to give like a, like a PSA on all of this. Before you go down that rabbit hole, first, figure out how much you're already eating. Because it doesn't, if you go and calculate your calories and it tells you that you need 1,600 a day, 
maybe you're already eating less than that. Maybe you're way over that. Like before you sort of figure out exactly what you need, my first bit of advice is to get an average of how much you're already getting. Like log your food for three days. See what you're coming in at. Does it feel like you're overeating, undereating? Does it feel like a lot of food, a little bit of food? Because once you get that number in your head, how are you going to know what to do with it if you don't know where you're coming from? Exactly. Okay. All right. So that's a project for next week. I'm actually going to do it. <laughs> yeah, gonna... do it and um, see how much you're logging in on your day. Okay. And then I will actually plug Anne-Marie's numbers in to all of the different calculators. So I'll say this this is what you know the world and and the health organization thinks that you should eat here's what i know you should you should eat and here's what you're actually eating and let's see what they are okay perfect i love that right, we got a little project for the next week i love it <laughs> <laughs> all right well um uh, thank you guys thank you for tuning in we hope i know this is gonna be a really good uh well-received episode because i really loved it and i actually answered a lot of my own questions so i'm really excited so thank yeah, you for so here's my here's my recap it's Go plug your calories for three days and see what you're eating. And then go figure out what your basal metabolic rate is on, on the internet and Google it. And also what your goals are. And this way, when we talk next week, you have your numbers while you hear me talk to Anne-Marie about hers. And then you can have your equation. Perfect. I love it. I love it. All right. To be continued. To be continued. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Stay safe. Bye, everybody.